Hello everyone and welcome uh, to a new episode of uh, the Yusef Shaheen podcast. Though today we are not uh, speaking about a Yusef uh, Shaheen film. Uh, we are instead speaking of Almumia, The Night of Counting the Years, a film by Shadi Abdel Salim uh, from 1969, which um, five years ago in a Dubai film festival, uh, 475 critics uh, chose this film as the greatest Arab film ever made. Richard, what do you think? Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't necessarily say it's the greatest Arab film ever made, having seen uh -huh. quite a few Arab films in the last few months. Uh, but yeah, really, really good film. Very glad um, I saw it. How about you? Well, we saw it in a fantastic copy, mm. right? It's the copy that was restored by uh, the Ricciovato Film Festival uh, in Bologna. Uh, and it's just gorgeous to, to watch. Mm. Actually, I had a moment where I was thinking, you know, this, this work, would have been equally great on stage, you know, because it's so allegorical, like everything is allegorical, you sense, right? Mm. It's almost like, I don't know, a Greek tragedy or something, right? So you can imagine it really working and being very powerful on stage, except you wouldn't have these images. No, exactly. <laughs> like, it wouldn't be know? filmed on these so, amazing locations, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, but also the beauty of the images, right? Like, you know, and the compositions and, I mean, there's something about the gradations of light and the play with light in this film that is just very, very beautiful to look at. Mm. I must say, I had to see it twice to... I, I mean, I don't know if I've got it, but, you know, to, in my own head, begin to make sense of it. Yeah, I've, I've only seen it once, and I have to admit, for the first 10, 20 minutes, I was really struggling to understand what was going on. And then it just kind of clicks into place, and you know it and you know actually the plot's quite simple but it, it but yeah it, it's I, I i do want to see it again um so let me just uh speak a little bit so 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 during uh uh ancient egypt's 21st dynasty priests and thieves tried to stop tomb robbers uh by moving more than 50 royal mummies from the valley of the kings and burying them in a single tomb uh further away so uh in 1881 treasures from this tomb began appearing on the world's antiquities market. So the film begins based on a real person, which is Professor Rasper, which, uh, who presents a quotation to his colleagues from the 3,000-year-old Book of the Dead, and he offers an incantation that restores to the dead the power to remember his name. A spirit without a name is doomed to wander in perpetual anguish. And then kind of the film takes us to this tribe where, uh, you know, there's a funeral of a man who's dead. Uh, an uncle brings children into the secret that his father was uh, the protector of. Uh, and that secret is that the whole tribe has been living, you know, for years out of selling uh, um, gold piece of valuable pieces that they steal from these tombs and that is where the wealth and subsistence not even wealth just the subsistence of the village comes from one of the sons is so aghast that he refuses this yeah mm -hmm. and then kind of the story really uh follows the other son yeah so 
um, and, and and there's more. So the son refuses it. You know, uh, 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 the mother denies him a name <laughs> and casts him out. Right, of uh, the family. Uh, he 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 starts to move away, but is murdered by his own uncle's henchman. Right, this is where it begins to really feel like Greek tragedy mm. or Shakespeare or yeah. Uh, so uh, um, anyway, and then at the end of the film, these fifty uh, sarcophagi are actually rescued by an archaeologist who's sent from Cairo. They are named, so in naming them, they are once more brought back. Uh, to life uh, and the film ends as uh, you know the ship carrying this archaeologist returns the sarcophagi to Cairo and thus to history uh, whilst you know the young hero is cast out wandering on his own by the banks of the Nile yeah and, <laughs> and, and, and the tribe presumably all starve to death because they've lost their source of income you know yes exactly <laughs> right I mean it's a very uh because oh, one, one thing I liked about it was the tribe because they you know essentially that they don't know the tribe know nothing about these um about these sarcophagi who they who they were they, you know they just know as far as they're concerned they're living in this place and there's this secret cave and they know how to get into it. Nobody else does. And they've got a secret cave full of gold stuff <laughs> with a few dead bodies. <laughs> and they so, said, well, okay, what, what would you do? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, you know, because the implication is this has been going on for decades or possibly centuries, this tribe just selling stuff. But why not? You know, you've got, you've got a cave full of gold stuff. <laughs> do you well, uh, but and, and actually, are the are these things? You say they're rescued, but you know they they're removed from where they should be and taken off to Cairo, and probably half of them end up shipped up shipped off to France and the UK. You know. <laughs> well, no, actually, because the, you know there is the film is set up so that you know that there are traitors in this. Mm. You know that there are grave robbers looking for this stuff, right? And they only operate at certain times of the year because the police is there, you know, at other times of the year. Uh, so I think the film sets up those things kind of very interestingly, and there's a moral dimension, mm. you know, to it all, right? So I think it's more complicated than that, right? I mean, you know, all the sanctions that all religions have against ro grave robbing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, because you know, you're right. Because the two the two sons are actually, I mean, when we say sons. I mean, the 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 I think the younger son is, I guess, mid twenties, and the older son is, is looks like he's in his thirties. So they, these are not children, yeah. you know. Um, but the the older son, in fact, both, it's, it's kind of like the older son is absolutely disgusted by it. The younger yeah. son is strangely, um, kind of strangely entranced by it. He objects, but he's strangely entranced in a way because there is this odd kind of dreamlike atmosphere to the whole film I found and, and, and so it's, yes. not, it's not clear why you, you understand the older son's reaction is just disgust at what's going on the younger son yes. you don't quite understand what his reaction is and he, I think he doesn't quite understand what his reaction is and how he wants to um, and address he, and this he's tempted. Yeah, yeah. and he's tempted yeah. and, and it's, you, know, it, you know in a way is it you know is it the right yeah, clearly the right thing to do is not to steal antiquities from the graves but is the right thing to do to remove the sarcophagi from the graves or just leave them there to be forgotten? I don't know. But the, the other thing I found really interesting is the, to, see, um, to see that Egyptian perspective on, on that whole period and that, 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 that story. Because the, you know, the conventional narrative I think you get 
in 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 you know European or American films is you know heroic European explorers rescue archaeologists history. rescue history from <laughs> put it in the British Museum <laughs> ex exactly and, and so 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 actually to see although I think the the um, the kind of lead lead archaeologist is supposed to be a, 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 a French Egyptian you know, of Egyptian origin but French um, but you know these are Egyptians with different levels of understanding and different different attitudes towards these antiquities. And it's whole, again, it reminded me a bit of what, that, you know, that end scene of the, is it the, the Blazing Sun, the Shaheen film, where mm -hmm. there's the shootout in the, in the, the Valley of the Kings. That they're just living yes. among these ruins. It's like, oh yeah, there's that. Okay, there's that big dog thing. There's <laughs> there's a big foot. There's a big head. We don't really know what these things are, but this is just these are just things that are just hanging around. Um, well, there's a wonderful image where uh, I think it's Juanes, the, the brother, mm. um, the younger brother, wanders through these old temples and you see these walls and walls and walls of hieroglyphics right and then he's pictured kind of you know from above like kind of plastered into these ruins um but this thing about knowledge and the past and who you are and being named and being part of a tribe right um is i think kind of you know raises really interesting questions about kind of you know, identity and history and belonging, right? Like, which I think the film does in a in a very complex way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it so, mirrors that you know this this the son getting his name removed by his mother, and the, but then at the end the, uh, the the kings getting their names back from the archaeologist. Yeah. Yes. So so there's a sense of reclaiming history, which is in a way, reclaiming yourself. Yeah, it's kind of, um, you know, and there's a sense of that history being robbed not only by you know imperial forces or just capitalist thievery uh but in fact internally yeah through um well through greed but also just through bare necessity yeah yeah because i because I, I, I don't think it was necessarily greed for why the tribe was doing this they don't they don't appear to be they're not living in splendor you know as, as you said it's essentially they're doing this in order to subsist but presum yes. presumably, the you know the implication at the beginning is they've kind of gone a bit too far in terms of, you know, putting too much on the market at once. That it, it's getting more and more obvious what's going on. I think there's also the question that, you know, so so the tribe's uh, thievery is very modest, mm. right? Um, so you know they they only steal a few little pieces to get them through the year. However those pieces are destroyed yeah so you know the the um uh, agent is instructed to break up this necklace into little pieces right so that yeah kind of they, they won't be connected uh but in doing that of course you're also destroying history and knowledge and yeah yeah culture. <laughs> right yeah you know so so i think the film raises all of these issues in a very, very interesting way. So there's the international dimension, there's the national dimension, there's the local dimension. You know, they each have competing interests, right? And, you know, and then, of course, there are crooks and honest men at all of these levels, right? Um, so, so I think the, you know, the question of identity is really kind of an interesting one and, 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 and one that's portrayed very complexly in the film, very interestingly. Mm, yeah, yeah. I thought, I, I thought, you know, I mean, that, 
you know, that last shot where, you know, you have the agents of the metropolis and they've gotten what they want, right? But, but equally, they're not to be trusted because, you know, kind of like you said, you know, who knows when they return it to the museum in Cairo, there might be all levels of corruption there. Yeah, and yeah, and, and we, you know, we, we know that, I mean, it'd be interesting to, to given this true story, to find out what actually happened to those things, but we know, you know, the, the number that are in the British Museum or presumably in the in, in museums in France and museums wherever, certainly in the, in the uh, uh, you know, the museum in New York, and, and, and it's, you know, the, these things are not um, and you know, I, I remember one of the last things I went I did before lockdown was go to the Tutankhamun exhibition in London, and it's kind of you I know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was great, but you know, you're, you're you're seeing these things in a kind of packed with people in a well, not now obviously, but you know, packed yeah. packed with people in this big tourist attraction, um, and this is the last time they're going to tour before they end up in a big uh, sort of uh, purpose-built museum in Cairo, I think. But these yeah, these things are still not where they should be and the, and you know ultimately you're you're, you're walk, walking through a gallery in london and actually seeing a recreation of you know actually they, i think they didn't actually have the 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 mummy but you know you're you're seeing someone's grave relics in a mm. in a museum in london and um is that and yeah okay great people can see them but is that is is that the well, right thing to do I, I don't know i don't know i i don't know either and i'm just questioning but i think certainly the discovery of these artifacts in the 19th century put Egypt on the map, you know, as a center of ancient civilization, you know, next to Greece, you know, and, well, Athens, Rome, Persia, yeah, Constantinople, in a way that I don't think it had been historically quite yeah, before. Yeah, and that, that as, as I said, that was an interesting aspect that the, you know, that the local people... Had no, they had no idea of the history of what these things were, what the hieroglyphics were, you know, what the what the imagery meant, etc. They just didn't know. They were they weren't that interested, and they didn't know. Whereas you know, the archaeologists had clearly mapped out to kind of here, here's all the various dynasties. This is what's going on. But but you know, presumably, I don't know, but presumably, everyday people in Egypt at that point weren't necessarily aware of of the history. Of, of of the country, but I mean, also, I mean, this. Well, I mean, some of it must have, yeah. I mean, the pyramids and the sphinx yeah. are there. Yeah, right? well, yeah, yeah. You but know. you know, you know, the thing's uh, there, but you don't know what it is. You know, I mean, they were giving yeah. this stuff away, like Cleopatra's needle in London and that kind of stuff. It's, um... I mean, I must say, you know, um, I remember going to visit through India in the late eighties. You know, and um, you know, being in this ma- these magnificent temples in small villages that were actually ruins, right? That, you know, I kind of, you know, they were locked up or, you know, kind of people were trading and, yeah, like, but there wasn't any sense of preserving this great heritage or anything, right? It was just part of part of the landscape, right? Now, you know, whether people knew what they meant or what they had once been or so on, I don't know. But I think this film is very interesting in that, you know, um, it does what it says. So actually, in naming, you do bring to life, yeah, all of these things, you know, that you know had once been uh, hidden or wandering through the darkness, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> neither dead nor alive. Yeah, they were there. So I did find all of that like uh, kind of really interesting and complex. Though I feel 
I haven't quite wrapped my head around the ramifications of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I say it's a fascinating story, but also a fascinating film because it's not although it's a true story, it's not. Uh, you know the the way it's the way the film is made is very interesting, and it kind of reminded me of uh, like Antonioni, that kind of thing, just that kind of a- atmosphere yes. of this strange. You don't quite understand what's happening, and 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 it's this sort of just this strange atmosphere to what's going on, and what people's motivations are are not explained, and and it, it's it's a very and you know it's beautifully filmed. All the kind of um, the you know the way the thing's staged, people walking down narrow stone passages lit from behind all that kind of it just looks great um and also all it these looks co- great and it's poetic and symbolic you, you can see that they it's meant to be allegorical and that all of these things are significant and they're meant to stand in for something yeah right what that something is is not quite clear to me yeah the way that maybe you know an american film would be so so it, the film has a mystery um, I was reading in the uh, Wikipedia entry for the film, which is really too short, you know, and they talk about it as an Egyptian neorealist film, and you think, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of you. Either you haven't seen this film or you haven't seen a neorealist film. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, because as you said, it's more Antonioni. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of, the film doesn't invite you uh, uh, to identify with anyone, yeah, you don't get a sense of three-dimensional psychological realism to the characters, you know, there is like a kind of a distance, yeah, mm. don't you think? Yeah, yeah, ex- 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 exactly, yeah. Well, one thing, so, another thing I found, I found a, a 1975 review from the New York Times, which kind of, they kind of liked it, although they said it was very slow, but it starts off, this is a, can you, like, I just want you to imagine Yusuf Shaheen sitting there reading his paper and he finds it, he, he sees this review in the New York Times. The night of counting the years, which opened yesterday at the Regency Theatre, is said by its distributors to be the first Egyptian movie to be shown in the United States. What? <laughs> Imagine him spitting his coffee out at that one. <laughs> so, um... So the film ends with this phrase, rise, you will not die out, you will be called by your name, you are given new life, indeed, you know, but you're left with questions about, you know, what happens to our young hero in this, you know, so has this new life for ancient Egypt been at the cost of the tribe and, you know. Yeah, because, because uh, I mean, the other interesting thing is because the tribe, when, when the, um, you know, clearly the tribes have been guarding this secret and they've, they've killed to protect this secret. But then they're, they're just kind of standing around while the, the archaeologists kind of go in and remove all the sarcophagi. And they just, they, they kind of think about doing something, but then they realize, you know, they, they what, what can they do? They can't fight these people. No, I, don't, I didn't read it that way, actually. I mean, the uncle is insisting, attack, attack, attack. But the young men are saying no. Like, they had no idea... Yeah, that kind of you know they've been living of you know I robbing. Guess, I guess that's right because there, the, yeah, ancestors. there there is there is a, a kind of um, yeah, it's 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 the young people that are objecting to what's going on. You're right, um, but but it's that's but, a theme. Yeah, that's a theme in the film because remember the mother also says, you know, in, in defense of her sons before she casts one out, 
she says, I raised my sons to be proud and tall like mountains, right? And then you think, well, like, you know, the grave robber. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. And the, this, this thing of shame, you know, remember when the eldest brother is taken for the first time to the stash of tombs, and he says, you know, why are we walking in this place where the goats go? Right. Like, you know, why can't you know, why do we have to why do we have to hide what we're doing? Right. So this thing of shame that it's indecent and illegal and grave robbing. I mean, yeah, it, it is a theme in the film. And, that, and that's interesting because this is a, I guess this is around the same time that Shaheen was making stuff like Dawn of a New Day. And um, it is kind of old versus the new and the young generation. Um, being the future. I mean, clearly this is set in the past, but it's a similar theme that, you know, you've got the kind of old Egypt and people behaving in this kind of way they've always behaved. And and it's the young men that are saying, no, that's wrong. We're going to, we, we are the future. Although clearly by the time the film was made, they were the past, but it was kind of, it, it, it is, but it's, it's a similar kind of message, isn't it? Don't kind of, you know, don't be a grave robber, go off and study nuclear physics in Germany. <laughs> So um, one of the things that I thought, so so an anecdote, uh, ostensibly, um, the um, director Chadvi Abdel Salam, who wrote the piece, and this is his only feature-length film, um, he went to Roberto Rossellini with his script to ask him to direct it, and Rossellini told him, "Direct it yourself, right." which might be where, you know, the Wikipedia neorealist connection comes in. Um, because this is the opposite of that. This is really like, I would say, you know, an ar allegorical art film, really. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, where, uh, um, so, um, and I think it's important to mention uh, that um, I'm trying to, uh, the, the cinematography is by Abdel Aziz Fami, and it's absolutely stunning. I mean, you know, I think part of the reason for, or part of the rationale for this film must have been, yeah, to restore, yeah, the beauty of the film. Because, you know, I've seen some clips on, on YouTube and so on, and it looks so dark and grainy. And, you know, this is a film that I think requires to be seen on a big screen, in the dark, right? And a beautiful copy to get its full effect. Yeah, yeah and it has it has been shown a bit. So the Barbican showed it a few years ago. Um, I, I, I don't know how how much it's been shown, but it has been seen over here at the cinema. Yes. Um, so so I wanted to mention the um, the cinematographer because it is such an incredible achievement in cinema to have you know lit these images in the in this way. They're really beautiful i mean i you know i have a feeling like these are images that really uh, stay with me mm. um the other thing that i want to mention is the music by an italian composer mario nasimbene what did you um think of it yeah it was it, it was great again again sort of really added to the atmosphere there wasn't there didn't seem to be that much music there were, there were long passages where there was no music but it's it, i just think the whole it, it it just all words as a whole you know it had this kind of created an atmosphere Hmm. Um, there were several incidents that I didn't quite get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so maybe you can. So there's a scene where you know where so one of the brothers has left, and then Murad, you know, talks to what I imagine is his friend who's wearing all white. Mm. Yeah, and he's going with the grave 
robbers, I suppose, or he's going to work. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, I will see you later by the river. Do you remember that? Yeah, bit? yeah. I, I didn't quite grasp what, what the significance yeah. was there because he then gets beaten up and it, I, I wasn't quite clear what, why, what, what the reasons were for that. Yes. Well, I wanted to ask you, first of all, is it the same young man that gets beaten up? Because that wasn't clear to me. I, th I think, yeah, that, it is the same young man. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, because then they meet again by the river and, and he's bloodied but yeah i will wow. I, I need to see it again to to understand what was what was really happening there because you know to me so where i what i got was you know there's a special relationship between these two young men yeah are they, are they, are they close friends? you, you or... always read special relationships between young men into any film well <laughs> i'm just um it's just a question but i think that yeah right? yeah because you know i mean again just remembering my trip to india you know these uh, affinities or friendships between men are often very tactile and they hold hands mm. and so on and it doesn't necessarily connote anything sexual so you know I'm not necessarily attributing anything sexual to it I'm just kind of questioning it. yeah, yeah there's, a special, I, there's a special affinity between them. yeah I, did, I, I, I didn't quite follow what was supposed to be happening in that relationship so yeah I think it's, yeah, yeah. it's something we need to revisit yeah yeah and then the, when they the, when he meets this young man in the temple who's wearing the same clothes as this young man so it might be the same young man but they pretend not to know each other mm. they address each other as strangers right that's why i'm questioning whether it is the same young man mm. yeah when he meets them at the temple and yeah he yeah, drinks yeah from him yeah yeah um so you know i was thinking is it the same young man or you know who is he right um so i found that really interesting i found the film uh misogynist yeah, so, mm. you know, I kind of, um, you know, if, if this is really the greatest Arab film ever made, this is something to think about, because basically you have two women in the film, three, but, you know, one is the mother and two are whores. Mm. Cousins, in quotation marks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give sexual favors to, yeah, you know, yeah. to those who help kind of uh, uh, rob the graves, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that is there yeah um so and I, th I suppose the other thing that really kind of lingers in the mind is this huge distance between the village and the metropolis yeah mm. at the end the boat going in one direction and um one is going you know on in the other yeah forlorn bloodied alone yeah yeah it's quite a potent ending, I think. But the, the, another thing I liked about it is, is that other than the other than the opening scene with the archaeologists, I think the whole thing takes place over the course of about a day, because um, it, it starts off with the father's funeral, um, and and then I think the action is pretty much continuous. You you, you know, it, it's the follow, it's it's the, it's like you know the same evening when he leads the archaeologists to the to the tombs and so on. Could because you see, you know, he gets beaten up at one point and then he still has blood till the end of the film so yeah. so it's it kind of happens over such a and, and you know hence the title you know the night of counting the names because this is this is all over one night um yeah you know, so, so it's amazing so in one night he loses his father he loses his brother yeah and he loses his tribe mm. <laughs> but the world gets knowledge yeah exactly <laughs> <The> dead come <laughs> alive <laughs> yeah uh, 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 uh. Um, uh, one of the things that 
I was reading that again lends itself to this very allegorical reading is that ostensibly all of the dialogue is done in ancient Arabic. Okay, right, so, interesting. Yeah, so it's spoken in classical Arabic, mm. right, not modern, yeah, kind of Arabic. So again, you know, that sense of lending the thing like, um, you know, uh, an allegorical aura like Greek tragedy, mm. yeah, kind of you know, is, is very much, I think, part of what the film is. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. Yeah. And again, that's an aspect yeah. you just miss with not knowing the language. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I don't think so. I sort of high, highly recommend it. I mean, I think it, it's, it, unlike the other non-Shaheen film we, we uh, review, talked about recently, it's kind of, you know, this does show there were, I think other people working at, at that same level. Um, yeah. uh, it's it's a shame he only made this was his only fictional film. He made I think he made a short fictional piece and he made documentaries. Yeah. He was trying to get there was a film he was trying to get made for the last ten years of his life apparently, but it never happened. And uh, yeah. yeah, so so uh, that's this is this is the opposite of Shaheen. Mm. I mean, I think you know this is a very poetic film. It's slow. It's meditative. You know, visually, it's stately, right? Um, you know, even the acting style is allegorical, mm. right? I mean, you know, Shaheen pulsates with life, right? Shaheen would you have bunked I mean? in a couple of dance routines at least. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and put himself in the story. Yeah, he would yeah. have been one of, the, one of the, he would have been one of the uncles. Um. <laughs> so it's a completely different kind of cinema. Yeah. But but I think it's a very great film. Uh, as I said, I've seen it twice now, you know, and I will see it again once I, um, you know, read up on it a bit more and yeah, get yeah. uh, some more out of it. Yeah. Um, and thank you uh, to uh, Hussein for bringing it to our uh, awareness and mm. letting us know that, you know, such a beautiful version uh, exists. Uh, this is uh, the Yusuf Shaheen podcast. I'm Jose. I'm Richard. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>